Welcome to The Uplift, where we are uplifting our lives, uplifting each other, and uplifting our communities together. Thank you for joining myself, Sai Herrera, and Tessa Savala here, two women, two attorneys, doing it our way, and inviting you here each week to share in on the stories, advice, and life lessons we've picked up along our journeys that keep us uplifted, and that will hopefully do the very same thing for you. Now buckle in and let's get ready to be uplifted. Hello, everyone. As always, I'm Tessa, and I'm joined by the ray of sunshine that is Sai. Hi, Tessa. It's so wonderful to hear your voice. So wonderful to hear your voice. And it's a nice sunny day that we're recording on in Austin, which has been a relief after lots of cloudy days this winter, which I know we are very fortunate in Austin where we get a lot more sunshine than other parts, but, you know, still welcome relief to see the sun. Yeah, very much so. It makes me happy. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I have been watching the new season of Queer Eye. and. There was an episode that like really hit home with me because I think it's something that I have experienced and Sai, you and I have talked about, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of our listeners probably have experienced too. So the episode focuses around this man who is deaf and he teaches and coaches and is the athletic director of a deaf school in Louisiana. And he struggles with not thinking that he's not doing enough to help the kids and to help the school mm-hmm. stay sustainable. And it just resonated with me so much, like the pressures that we put on ourselves that are not being forced on us with outside forces, but we decide that we need to be doing this. And mm-hmm. the genius that is Karamo broke it down mm-hmm. for him, like, uh, you just need to start trusting yourself start trusting mm. yourself and I I remember hearing like as I started my professional career this phrase trust the process and I'm glad that has I think gone by the wayside because that's like putting mm. a lot of faith in a lot of people that you have and situations that you have Blind no faith. over <laughs> yeah and I'm like uh, yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> let me blindly trust the baby booters. That's not something that I'm about to like really be like, yeah, I'm into this. But this you knew idea, better. Yeah. Right. But this idea of trusting yourself, I mean, imagine if you were given that advice as like a 25 year old starting mm. your career. Mm. So powerful. Yeah. And how would it have been received at 25 versus now too? That's true. Um, I mean, Mm-hmm. maybe we did need to like experience walking through the mud I hate that idea though right like I hate <laughs> the idea that we had to do all this like trudging through slime and disgust and well it's interesting though like the, the the paradigm you're setting up too because it makes me feel like there's this again it's always about in my mind of my it's about a mindset it's about a perspective it's about a philosophy mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. the paradigm that's being kind of constructed here is that you either need to like have all this experience in order to then trust yourself or you have to trust somebody else until you can gain it kind of thing yeah. but i feel like that is also like stemming from our puritanical you know, value set that's been forced on us through colonialism. And so in my mind, it's more so that we have to um, understand, you know, and, and people do at different times of their life. That's the other thing. Like, I think it's a false paradigm, right? Like we're, we're setting this up as if it's true, but um, I think it's probably more so true because we believe it right like if we are young people and we're being told you can't trust yourself because you don't know enough yet you're dumb or like not dumb but you know inexperienced for example um and you know you just have to trust the system because older people know more than you and I'm not (laughs) I'm not saying that you know there's no value in this I believe in like you know learning from our elders of course um and I also think that you know great philosophers said one of the most important principles is to know thyself And learning in psychology that like identity building is, you know, obviously such a paramount thing and and just the intricacies of it all. It just, it makes me reflect on my young self and think about like, did I not really know what I was doing or (laughs) did I actually just believe 
some bullshit that other people told me that actually kept me from mm-hmm. trusting in myself sooner and pursuing the life that I deserved sooner and pursuing a mindset that would serve me sooner. You know, I had the weirdest visual pop in my head while you were talking mm. of like pop culture in this moment. Mm. I don't even know the name of the horror film, but there was a horror film that was something like you stood in a dark room or a bathroom with a mirror and you repeated something five times or, <laughs> and then like, Bloody Mary like, or something. Yeah. Yes. And I'm like, <laughs> it's just really been taught that and that we're mm. supposed to expect that that's what's going to happen. Mm. We're supposed to be trusting all this advice from other people. But in reality, I think even if we watched that kid as teenagers, we were like, yeah, no, no, <laughs> that's not what happens when you stand in a dark room with a mirror. <laughs> But do you have to prove it to yourself? Or do you, are you are someone yeah. that like trusts what other people say? And, you know, like it actually scares you or like you don't believe it at all. You're a cynic, you know. I just, yeah. that's a funny like, you know, just example of it. And I just don't know why the world can't be a place where instead of like scaring people to do, like in my mind, what this translates to or one of my first theories about this paradigm is that it could very well be, uh, you know, obviously a, a means of manipulation, right? Like we'll Absolutely. get all these young people to do what we want them to do <laughs> by telling them that they have to trust us. And I mean, just reminds me of all the things I tell you not to follow when it comes to like convent and cult leaders, but <laughs> like, don't, don't, don't just follow what? people blindly. Come on now, you know, but yeah, you're supposed to do it. <laughs> right. You are supposed you're supposed to, to do it blindly. in certain, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, people think, yeah, you're supposed to do it on these in these circumstances, right? And so um, in that regard, I just wonder, like, why can't we just set young people up on the path, like the quick expedited path? Because I think that there obviously is some of that, like naturally that's going to occur of like, you really don't know. So you are either going to have to trust somebody else's word or you're yeah. going to have to go try it for yourself or you're just going to have to make a decision about it. And, you know, that's your instinct. I mean, you're going to have to gain some experience. Obviously, if you don't have experience, you have to gain it. But at the same time, I wish that we could just set ourselves up, set society up in a way where we could essentially like, you know, get people to the path that we're getting to now sooner. And I think that it's, it's somewhat happening, but the distractions are very strong, right? So like, I feel like there's been a democratization of information through the internet and through, you know, all of this information sharing, but you see the rise of misinformation. And to Mm -hmm. me, that just shows that like information is super powerful, obviously, and that people, you know, um, they can't just have like untapped or, or just like have this like un, unfettered access to, you know, just information on tap that's true and relevant and valid um, and legitimate, right? Because that would be too powerful in a way. And so I just, I just wish that like for this specifically in regards to getting people into like, for example, an abundance mindset into a mindset about, you know, like wellness over the appearance of wealth. You know, like all mm-hmm. of these different things that just really like enrich people's life and bring them closer to enlightenment or whatever you want to call it, right? Like just a true sense of self. I just wish that that was the system that we were encouraging, that that is what we were like building people into as opposed to building them into like, in my in my calculation of this, a lot of it is uh, a manipulation into like, we want you to serve our purposes, <laughs> not serve your purposes, right? And I don't know how in the world we get there, but that's my first instinct is that like, there there are reasons that this is happening and there are reasons that it could be very different there there are possibilities for it to be very different but we're choosing this other way because it serves certain interests at the end of the day and i mean how troubling for a culture that our culture is choosing advice Mm. for people that does not uplift them but intentionally holds them down i mean that is just um I don't know. Oh, my Thor, it's just too much to handle, right? Like this idea that that that's the advice that I know I was given, and I'm certain other people are too, and I think we're still giving. But I love the idea that we are rebelling and that Karamo is showing us how to rebel and that trusting ourselves is another act of rebellion that we could just embrace to like change the world especially in our culture, so that we are innately choosing to lift people up because 
holding them down is just, it's just not cool. I don't, I mean, there's lots of other horrible words I would like to use, but mm-hmm. dude, it's not cool. No, I mean, it's oppressive in my mind. And also, you know, it's, it, it reminds me of the fact, like, we're talking about one example of this, but we see this manifest, this, this, this societal manipulation manifesting over and over again and if you think about it in in different examples it might it might be more clear to you as an individual of like for example we give some people bad advice around relationships or you know let's say in our tradition and habit of society we have um you know given guidance that is manipulative for (laughs) one sex right to oppress them in relationships and that's called patriarchy right and so mm-hmm. that's that's just another example of how this manifests where we tell young girls like this is how you're supposed to act in a relationship and we you know we don't teach maybe men or or anybody about like consent for example right or all of these different things that really like lead to disastrous results right where folks are just like suffering in these intimate partner relationships and that's not fair to anybody and it actually is a disservice to society overall I mean it's atrocious to think about um you know how many people suffer physically mentally uh, you know verbally sexual assaults and and all different types of violence um but if you just care about like society as a whole you would know that like this is not good for society this this is this what's you know traumatizes you know children and and people and and leads to folks not having homes and not having stability not having mental health not having physical health i mean all of these things actually like hurt our society as a whole we're all interconnected is my point right it's you can't just think that this is one person's problem um and the messaging that we're giving people in this example just like yours is it's manipulative, you know, truly we're, 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 we're grooming people. We're literally grooming children um, to believe that this is what they deserve, that this is how things are supposed to be, that this is how that they should expect to be treated. Um, And that, you know, that's just life. (laughs) And so again, mindset rules, the mindset and the perspective and your set of beliefs of what should and shouldn't be literally changes the world it would change our society entirely if we all you know really committed um to to basically teaching the next generation that this is this is not okay um and and this is what's what's good and this is what you deserve right i mean that would actually be groundbreaking and i mean think about it's not just the patriarchy it is the heteronormative viewpoint of so many people in this country right like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. little girls taught that the only thing in the world is to have a boyfriend little Mm. little kids being taught that love is only found in one way it is just Mm -hmm. and it's just layers upon layers that then build the disney princess (laughs) yeah and it is you know you have to get married by a certain point in time it is you should have this many children it is you know there should be a power dynamic in every relationship or Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm gender norms no oh the worst (laughs) the worst all of that I mean that's what I'm saying is like none of us are immune to this I don't know anybody that possibly could be listening right now (laughs) that has not been touched by this I mean and if you have please let us know how (laughs) yes and do more of what you're doing yes yeah what advice were you given that actually like (laughs) shielded you from this chaos yes yes because it's everywhere right and we've talked about it before and it's 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 so pervasive right it's not even just your tribe, your circle, your people that you grew up with, your community, your city, your, it's your country. And now it's your media, your social media, your phone in front of you. That's all the time. The TV, the, I mean, literally everywhere, you know, it's reinforced over and over again. And um, I know sometimes we talk about like the power of TV and I've talked about it personally, how it's had an impact on my like mindset um, and truly like my like shaping of like what I thought this is or what I thought this, you know, would should look like. Um, and now they're showing, you know, studies of how it, they're just confirming <laughs> that <laughs> it's very true <laughs> that people are very powerfully impacted um, by the imagery, by the stories that we share. I mean, it makes me really sad that like we used to have a tradition Um, especially in indigenous cultures, but I think probably in every culture um, around storytelling that was so sacred and so special and so, you know, rich and rich with culture and, and passing along 
ancestral knowledge, like just so much richness there. And now it's kind of gone way to this replacement, um, which is the media because the media, and when I say media, I also mean like, you know, TV stories, movies, all of that, um, telling us stories that are engaging, that are entertaining, right? But they can never really replace there. Yeah, they could be all of those things. And they are shaping our mindset. They're shaping our perspective of the world. And uh, most of all that, the thing that just pains me is that, you know, they're, they're also in a way they've replaced this cultural ancestral knowledge um, and, and, and tradition where we were passing along, you know, so much of our history and so much of our just knowledge. That's, that's kind of, it's been like that, that spot has been taken up by this other thing, which is very entertaining. I mean, I love, you know, (laughs) I love the full like movie experience, all of the amazing effects, all of the things, but you know, there's something missing. Um, and, And I don't know how we get it back. Um, but it feels like, you know, that, that, that need and want for storytelling has been replaced with something that is lesser, even if, you know, the visual fakes effects are amazing. <laughs> yes, I think from my life that I think really proves your point is when I was growing up and we were in Sweden, there were mm-hmm. three government owned channels on the television. And those, mm-hmm. and this was like, you know, 80s, right? This isn't like a long mm-hmm. time ago in my head. Three government known television stations, and the programming was from like, say, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. So mm-hmm. not all day, mm-hmm. not every day. Yeah. And it really forced, you know, conversations. And I love those times because I learned things from my aunts and my uncles mm-hmm. and my cousins and my grandparents. Mm-hmm. But since, you know, we have 24 7 now access to it and we don't have the. It's not communal now. It's not. Every, and we're not every, everything's individual. Mm-hmm. And it's been replaced. I think our perhaps cultural identifiers that we used to tell through storytelling got replaced by kind of what media was telling people to believe as opposed to what you actually learned through your ancestors. And mm-hmm. some of it's good, right? Like, I mean, obviously, sure. karma's giving great advice. And, yes. But also potentially an outlier because there's a lot of, you know, not so great stuff. Like I picked up, a, started reading a book, and I was so frustrated at the beginning because there was a lot of toxic masculinity. I'm like, oh, how did how did this get recommended by the source that I found it recommended from one? And I'm like, mm. how much do I have to put up with this toxic masculinity to get through to the story? <laughs> Luckily, this book and the toxic masculinity ended after a very short chapter. But I was okay. like, oh, this is good. But I re- recently started a book club with a friend from high school and just she and I so I don't know if we really call it book club but the first book that she recommended <laughs> it's an exclusive it was, book club <laughs> yeah and it was like this like maybe Pulitzer winner lots of people recommended this book and it mm. was like 400 pages of toxic masculinity wow. and I'm just like oh wow how, how are women really? recommending this book to each other like it was supposed to be the story about women overcoming and all this kind of stuff I was like wow that's a lot of repression <laughs> my I am a person who makes side notes in books and it was like uh, a lot of me using a lot of words that I don't want to repeat on this podcast in my in my march is going wow too much but I think that's I think to prove your point that's really where we've gotten to right like yeah. the empowerment that I think we used to find and the uplift we used to find from our family and our ancestors has been replaced by this imagery that is so mm, I'm gonna go puritanical it's oppressive it's mm-hmm. part of the patriarchy because you know it was developed when men were in charge of everything and yep. don't get me wrong they still are in great extent but it has gotten slightly better mm-hmm. but wow we need to like we need more rebellion. We need more people who trust in themselves and believe in themselves and realize that the way it's always been is not the way it has to be because seriously, F that. Yeah, absolutely. And we have, yeah, to your point, we have some, you know, shining examples that keep us really excited <laughs> for the hope 
of the future. And I mean, the fact that so many young people are being raised with an ability to self-produce, I think is major. Yeah. It's so major because mm-hmm. now, you know, they, they get to express themselves. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you're internalizing this oppression um, and just repeating it, like you said, in some of these books, I feel like that, that, you know, that's very common and it's, and it's intentional that, that you get these results. And so, um, so we really have to prioritize um, exactly what we were talking about before. Like, how do we get folks to trust themselves at younger and younger ages, right? Like, how do we, how do we encourage people to like get on this mindset journey sooner um, and more completely and actually have the resources that they need and the support that they need um, to live in, 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 kind of like live in their in their authentic like their authenticity live in their truth live in what's real for them live in in and what is really like you know kind of their I don't know their their I want to say their real life but that doesn't make sense entirely um I say that because I feel like there's just so much fakeness going on I guess yeah. <laughs> and, and there's so we... much like building fake identities false identities especially yeah. online oh yeah like I'm thinking about that I don't know if this is appropriate phrasing so I'm offering my apology at the outset the mommy blogger who was in the news for having like locked up one of her kids and starved them while she was trying to blog about and about how the perfect wonderful the mom she is oh god yeah and I mean now the woman's in jail so I'm like that type of Mm-hmm. what we see as a first of what we it's not what you get yeah. yeah what you and see how, is not what you get and I also kind of feel like do we have an obligation while we're trying to rebel against all this stuff that's out there to stop our friends and stop our colleagues when mm. they start verbalizing the oppression and internalizing it right like mm. do we need to stop them and say hey just trust yourself you're doing great work or trust yourself and trust what you feel about say this person in this relationship or the career path or whatever it might be yeah well we're so often drawn out right like whenever Mm -hmm. there's a question in our mind or just an insecurity we're often I guess we're often programmed in a way we're socialized in a way to look outside of us for external affirmations, right? To look for external like support of what we think it might be right or wrong. Um, And not to say that's entirely bad, you know, that's why we always say surround yourself with people that you really trust and that you know want you to win. (laughs) They want you to do well and to be happy and to be healthy, right? Um, Because of course that's, that's normal human behavior. But now with just so much access to so many people's opinions, <laughs> right? <laughs> people who do not know you, people who don't care about you, some people who are actively trying to destroy you to lift themselves up in a, in a very unhealthy way. Um, yeah. you, you know, we can get really, really caught in this, this trap of, you know, seeking external affirmation and then really feeling worse about ourselves and doubting ourselves even more and completely ignoring our instincts and, and what we think is right because you know in 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 sacrifice to this like greater knowledge and I I even heard something really interesting called um I think it was techno uh chauvinism I don't know if we talked about that before but it was just this idea that like we're starting now and you know in addition to giving our away our opinions and our like power of instinct to other people we're now doing the same thing with machines and with machine learning and with AI and with technology overall um, and this makes sense, right? Like if you don't know an answer, yep. what do you do? You Google it, right? Yeah. And so that, I mean, we're literally teaching a whole generation and not even a generation. I mean, from millennials on, like, this is our life. This is what we do now. We, we check, we check ourselves, we fact check, <laughs> you know, the fact check. Um, and we're fact checking with an imperfect source. And that's, oh, that's what's really, really hard about it because it's like, you want to believe that you, you know how to research, right? You want to believe that you have this like ultimate source of knowledge, which is a beautiful idea. Just saying that out loud is like, ooh, ultimate source of knowledge. That sounds like a Greek, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, fable or whatever. Um, but it's just not that, unfortunately, you know, I mean, it's a great, you know, we have wonderful sources, obviously we have, we are in the age of information. However, we're getting to a place where we don't know what's real and what's not. 
we're getting into a place where we don't know, you know, what's, what's, what's valid and what's not. I, I just had to do a slew of CLEs because it's my birthday month. And so I had to do them all <laughs> in one day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in there. Mm-hmm. And so I did, I did all of my CLEs and one of them was on, um, one of them was on AI and it was really interesting because I've been thinking, I'm like, I, you know, I'm not a traditional attorney, so I'm not in the courtroom every day or doing litigation. Like some people might think attorneys always do. And um, I, I wonder sometimes I'm like, wow, what is happening with AI and attorneys? Like, I've really been thinking about this, like, you know, what's going on with like briefs and uh, just like filings and, you know, how much are people starting to lean on AI this, this early and apparently a lot <laughs> because people yes. have been, you know, getting briefs written by AI and presenting them to the court and getting thousands of dollars in sanctions when AI and backed by Google um, citations are being generated that are truly literally false as in they never happened. Like these court cases have never happened. Yep. They did not exist. And these robots, these AI learning machines, whatever you want to call them, this tech is 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 literally generating falseness. I mean, they're ju- it's just literally literally generating things that do not exist, and we're trusting it so much. You know that that's my point. Is like we're talking about trust yourself. We are giving a lot of our trust out. We are we are literally you know just just sacrificing our trust to other sources. A lot of them are people who we don't actually know, who don't know us, who don't care about us or our well being. And now even farther, we're giving our trust over to, you know, literal machines that are not even human beings anymore. And that unfortunately we cannot trust, obviously to have our best interest, <laughs> um, but also just to be true. So that just strikes me as being like, wow, we really need to take stock of who we're giving our trust to and think about the value again of turning that back around and trusting ourselves more. My, uh, I was raised with, a Swedish mom, obviously, as we have heard me say on repeat, and she is very much question authority, question everything, which is great mm-hmm. for my upbringing, but to your point about AI in the legal field, as somebody who owns her own business as a lawyer, the number of AI um, sales pitches I get via mm. email on a oh, daily God. basis to like oh, buy their software it's a, yes. it's a dozen a day, right? Different companies who have different ideas. And I'm like, mm, I'm not trusting you because mm-hmm. um, I just saw a commercial recently that was oh, a, I don't want to name the product, but it was a product that, you know, you talk to and then it gives you answers mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. Well, it showed a child doing their homework and asking for what year did something happen? And the product replied back with a date and I'm like wait nobody has to cite sources anymore and now you're telling me that there's proof that they cite false sources right that's a lawyers and pleading right could you imagine what they're like I cannot oh my god oh god yeah and then and then people are literally like what they're gonna truly believe this because I mean even now it's challenging me to be like oh, <laughs> should I be trusting <laughs> even just the little things that you ask to Google every day, right? It's just yep. like, how much are we trusting this thing? And I mean, you know, how much can we really rely on it for our work? And, you know, we, we really, I, I think that one thing that was interesting about the this this CLE is that this person was like, look, there are a bunch of amazing tools online. And he started like, I mean, in the documents, he actually listed them all out, gave us links to them, all of this good stuff. And he's like, here are some actual reputable (laughs) sources that you can rely on. And I'm like, wow, this is incredibly valuable. As simple as it seems, it's just like we are in an ocean of information and we have no idea really you know it all looks the same it all looks the same as far as what is good what is not what is real what is not um and so I just you're right like that's the other thing that really dawned on me is like if this is this hard for lawyers (laughs) yeah how hard is it for everybody else and so trusting yourself I think is really hard nowadays um, I think it's extra challenging if I'm going to be, um, you know, like if, if I'm going to share like my, my perception of this, just really trying to put myself in the shoes of, of people who especially grew up 
in the age of the internet, like never knew anything without it. I mean, I was just telling my daughter the other day, like, it's just funny watching her reaction where I'm like, you know, we didn't have cell phones when we were your age. And she's just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> the awe and disgust slowly. Uh, sometimes people made phone calls and you were told to receive yes. them. What? Yeah, I didn't even know who called you. Yeah. <laughs> before um before we even had uh answering machine i mean answering machines were a luxury right yeah so, mm-hmm. <laughs> you didn't know who was calling when you went to answer the phone <gasps> what <Shocking>. <laughs> that's that's barbaric <laughs> so far and so i just think about this this you know these all of these generations that are uh in this age um and i wonder just like what trusting yourself looks like now versus then, like how much more challenging is it? Um, And what does it mean actually? Like, what does it actually mean to trust yourself? Because, um, you know, one thing that I think people do is they go around and they ask everybody when they're trying to make a hard decision, maybe like what their opinion is. But now you'll notice a lot of people, you know, as we say, we do our research (laughs) and what that looks like for everyone is very different. And the sources Mm -hmm. that everyone uses are very different. You know, I'm a YouTube girl, but just my, my partner always says, well, uh, you know, they can't put it on there if it's not true as a joke, (laughs) because of course (laughs) you can put anything on there if you want to, because we're all self-publishing, right? (laughs) Just nailed it. (laughs) And so we always say that to remind ourselves, like, okay, you know, if it's too good to be true, maybe it is, maybe it's not. I mean, you really have to vet things out and probably try them to a certain extent on your own, going back to our conversation about like youth and experience, right? Um, and I like to just, you know, I, I like to cross-reference. I think that's like a good old school research technique of like, you know, if something sounds ridiculous or amazing or whatever, even if it's mundane, uh, it's always good to have multiple sources. And I think that's where yeah. we need to get to. I think we need to get to that place where people, I mean, it's it's kind of unfortunate, but because I don't really particularly love research like you might. Um, <laughs> but I do love people... research. <laughs> I wish you nailed that it. was mm-hmm. my thing. Yeah, but, you know, a lot of people don't. And I think that's why we're in this position where a lot of people hear things. I mean, you know, we talk about the phenomenon of uh, of uh, headline readers, right? Like, we yep. just, like, and everybody knows it, like, clickbait headlines, like, that's a thing. And so my point being is, I think that is part of the answer, is we have to get to a place where we are a little, like, we have to become a little skilled as researchers. Um, and we have to know that, like, just because you heard it once doesn't make it true. You know, we have to cross-reference. We need to have sources that are online, offline, in real life. You know, maybe people with actual experience, um, books, (laughs) God forbid, you know, like different things that could be great resources. Like we have to learn how to be better researchers. But also the reason I'm saying this is because I want to get to like, how do we really help people who feel maybe really insecure, inexperienced in whatever thing that they're facing in life? How do we get them to feel more empowered and embodied in 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 their intuition how do we help them step into that trust of themselves and feel you know really confident about it I think that there's it's probably a lifelong you know kind of journey that will have all kinds of different experiences with it um but I'm so interested in getting people there sooner (laughs) because when you get there sooner you feel you know you get to enjoy life more I think overall so how do we get them there sooner is my thought and I think it's also an element of, is it maybe confidence? I don't know if that's necessarily the right word, but right, if it's you doing a lot of things to say, advance a relationship or advance yourself or advance your career, how do you have the trust in knowing that what you're doing is mm. the good and right thing for you and what your goals are? Mm-hmm. And do you can you trust yourself without a, a modicum of, confidence in yourself right do they go Mm -hmm. hand in hand can they be separated Mm -hmm. are they linked it's a good question 
I mean, I think, you know, they say seeing is believing, but I say doing is believing. <laughs> and so when you do things and then you realize like, oh, it's just like getting in water. Somebody can tell you like this water is perfect. It's a great temperature. Right. So, you know, mm-hmm. you get in and you're like, this water is cold as hell. Like you just yeah. <laughs> a straight line to me, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you don't know some things until you do them. Right. And right. that's, that's, that's the tricky, tricky part. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, I guess, I guess where I really feel we have to get folks in general is to do some of that kind of, I'm I'm trying to find a different phrase than like doing, you know, this work that people always talk about, but, you know, when you really know yourself and you explore yourself um, and you, you turn inward first, right. Before, like, I think as young people, you know, it's, it's psychological and it's like biological. The first thing we do is start looking, you know, in our pubescent years, like we start looking around at our peers, right? Like the yeah. peer pressure, it's a whole thing, right? That we experience as humans. So it's a very, yeah. very natural. But my point is, is like the sooner we can get people to take that focus and then come back and just face it inward and start doing yeah. anything to really like know yourself like truly know what what makes you happy what makes you feel relaxed what makes you feel at peace what makes you feel angry what makes you feel outraged what makes you feel offended what makes you feel productive what makes you feel good what may i mean all of these you know all of these words um come from the idea of like for me like you don't know what you want until you know who you are yeah, and you know, to go touching back on something you said earlier, it is also not comparison, right? It is not what you mm, see exactly. that people exactly. want or want to achieve right. or are fearful of or need to get to relaxation or success, how they define it or how, how you define success for yourself is for you. And here is, I am now giving you permission to define it all for yourself, right? It is not what society thinks. It is not what your parents think. It is not what your best Mm -hmm. friends think. It's not what your partners think. It is what you need for you. Yes. And what truly brings you, you know, joy. Like, again, I think that should be the measure. You know, when people talk about success, I almost, I'm going to be honest, like I'm, starting to feel cringy about the word success just because I know, it's, it's like, hard right it's hard because I'm like of course like I do want people to be successful but I mean I feel like that word is so wrapped up in trauma for me where it's like success is this idea that society has mostly of like mm-hmm. when you are worthy when you are a worthy contributor of society like that's what mm-hmm. success means to me and, and, and I know it's hard because I want to like divorce it from this other word success, like as a personal success, right? Like this is what I want to achieve. And it feels good when I achieve it for me, because I set that goal and that's what I wanted. And that's what brings me joy, like truly. Right. And it can be about work. It can be about, you know, career. It can be about, you know, hobby. It can be about love and passion. It could be about anything in the world. But my point being is like in this country, <laughs> in my trauma it's so wrapped up in in so many things it's entangled in so many things so I like to just change the narrative of of really instead of thinking about what brings me you know success if if that's you know it 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 presumes that that's the goal for me success is defined as something else and it's you know and it's the new measure it's I don't even think about success anymore I think more about like what brings me what's going to or what does bring me joy what brings me pleasure what brings me like true, you know, just sense of peace, you know, because all of those things are what I value in my human experience is like having more time where I just feel at peace. That's wonderful. But when Absolutely. I hear the, when I hear the word success, it makes me like a little anxious. <laughs> and it makes me think like, I got to try <laughs> to do other things. <laughs> I, I have gotten to the same point. I mm-hmm. saw a headline this week in the Wall Street Journal, which, you know, business leading tends to be slightly conservative. Mm -hmm. And its headline was the new closet, a million dollar closet, the new standard. I'm like, for whom? And then all that flashed in my mind. (laughs) The new standard. Yeah. I'm like, this is American psycho level stuff, right? Like, yeah, Patrick Bateman has come to life and this is what's (laughs) happening. (laughs) 
and I'm like, see, the movie reference makes it like <laughs> it makes it all right? relatable too. It's just funny because it actually is the thing that ties us together. Like it truly mm-hmm. is something that we can all relate to. That like, if you think about it, think about how big our country is. It's freaking huge. Like yeah. we are big. Like I mean, geographically, just geographically, like yeah. widespread, huge country, right? And we're all over the place. And you know, people are, you know, they're 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 congregating in different ways, like big cities and rural areas and suburb suburban areas, etc. Um, but the only thing that we really share, if you really think about it, the only thing that we really share between all of these people all over the country and now more so all over the world even is the media the media yeah. that we consume the stories that we consume you know the hollywood movies the music the music videos the i mean literally this is the stuff that we share where i could go to new york right now and i could strike up a conversation with people and we could start talking about pop culture like nothing yeah. and i don't live there you know <laughs> like that yeah bizarre in a lot of ways but it's very it's a very powerful like social psychological phenomenon that we have to like really understand that this is a real thing but to your point in regards to the standards I love when people just say it out loud because then I can really like see what they're saying um but (laughs) you know like when people are telling you something it's it's just we have to be hyper vigilant about the fact that like people are trying to sell you something. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Like you talked about your mom having a healthy cynicism for thing for things. I think that's one of the like it really is one of the most important things to develop in my mind. Yeah. Like Jess and I talk about it all the time with our daughter. We're like, yeah, see, she's questioning everything. That's good. Like that's that what we want good. her to do. Because there's so much of people just literally trying to get your money and they don't care if yeah. they devastate your identity your you know wellness journey they don't care if they they your decimate culture. your your psycho like literally your psyche your culture your history your aunt like they do not give two flying nothings like they do not care they are out of cares that they want your money and so <laughs> just thinking about the closet to make you oh, like, lord give them more money later conform conform now yeah. because that's a, we have a system going where everyone gives us the money and it, you know, it's just really true. I've been looking a lot about, I've, I spent my morning looking at YouTube videos about what it's like to live in Mexico again. And um, <laughs> it was really it. interesting to see like people telling about their experience and saying something like outright, like, you know, it's different. They're like, I'm living here in like Mexico city, for example. And they're like, I love my life. And it's very different than the U.S. life. She was like, and the biggest difference is I don't own a bunch of stuff. <laughs> She's like, and I'm yeah. not trying to. She's like, I yeah. am not trying. She's like, I rent this apartment. It's wonderful. I'm this many steps from the, you know, from 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 these these shops and this this wonderful food and all of these things. And she's like, I have my dog and like, you know, just like simple stuff. And she's like, and I have, I mean, she was talking about money too, which was wonderful, but she was like, I have, you know, $500,000 in the bank and I'm retired. And she's, I don't know, maybe in her early forties or whatever. And she's just like, this is my life now. I don't have to worry about money. And I, and I'm not trying to buy a bunch of things to look good to other people. She's like, I actually know my neighbors. They know me. They care about me. I care about them. She's like, this is my life. And it's not the same. So like, it just made me think about how success is redefined completely redefined kind of put on its head you know and how we can all do that we don't have to move to Mexico but we might um but we don't have to to change our mindset that's the most powerful thing is you can change your mindset wherever you are I heard somebody describe Americans recently as all Americans talk about is their (laughs) Their job their job their house their their cars their cars, their partners, and like that was it. And I'm like, we're shallow as fuck. Up. <laughs> yeah. Like, where shallow. is the happiness? Where is the joy? How do they find pleasure in life? Oh, it cracks me up because, you know, it's another thing that like I've just noticed like, I'm, yeah, I'm getting like really like, uh, what's the word? Like, um, I can't think of the word exactly, but like disillusioned, I guess is the word. Uh, because, and, and so many people are like, you know, and that's why a lot of people are moving because they, 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 they do all the right things. They go and get the degrees, they go and stay in school, they get the straight A's, they do all the things they're supposed to do. They get the job, they get the cars, they get the house, they get the family, you know, like they literally are playing by the playbook and then, you know, and then what? 
and then they look up and they kind of feel a little you know empty they they there's something's missing you know and i always say that part is is i think you know the community aspect that we've lost and um i find myself drawn to like building culture and community where i am more and more um but it's just interesting how hard it is, I guess. I, I just like, I reflect on that. Like, it shouldn't be this hard. And I'm good at making friends. I can make friends all day. And I got a lot of friends. But at the same time, it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's really community building is a whole different thing. And the reason is because, you know, when you have a community, you have like all of these cultures and you like all and of this culture, values. like shared values. Yes, it's exactly exactly but and you don't like necessarily that have to be missing. best friends with each other exactly right? you don't but it's like it's that's all that we have thing. yeah yes and it's like knowing that you are amongst your people like just instantly like it's just you have a baseline understanding like you said you have these shared values I think that's the most important thing and it's the thing that's been irking me the most is when I think about myself in the United States I really just feel like maybe I don't belong here because I do not have shared values. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> and that's, it's hard, right? It's hard because it that's is. all I've ever known. Mm-hmm. I don't even, I don't feel connected to a lot of other cultures or places because, you know, my family has been here for generations. And so it's really a hard thing to grapple with. But at the same time, what, what I've noticed is that I've found so many other people yearning for the same thing yeah and like wanting to build that here and I don't know that it's possible frankly I mean I'm I'm trying (laughs) I'm trying my best um but you know there's also like having to live and having to survive this place that is you know it just I, I don't know how else to say except I think it's just very expensive to live here I was talking to a friend of mine who grew up in Mexico and he was just talking about how it's so different in terms of like the value, I don't know how to say this, the value of money is different in that, like, you can be a person who has a lot of financial wealth, and you can be a person who, you know, is is just kind of like a, a worker, a laborer, like, just, like, making money to survive kind of thing, and he's like, but in the Mexico, in Mexico, like, you still enjoy life, regardless, right? Same Sweden. <laughs> and that's and that's the part where I'm like what is wrong with us like (laughs) in this country like and I would be fine with that because you know I come from a rust belt town all kinds of like blue collar workers like that's who we are and we have a good time don't get me wrong like we do but at the same time it's like it's become more and more and more and more cutthroat as hell in this country yeah. where it's like you're either a have or a have not and it's like and, and we can Ugh. talk about it in terms of all of the articles you know the income inequality like people talk about it at this high level like it's some kind of philosophical thing where it's like oh people are just making too little and you're making too much no that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about the fact that like the literal quality of life is ridiculous in terms of inequality where it's like people are dying because they're poor I mean, yep. and in terms of like, literally, like they don't get the healthcare that they need, the preventative healthcare that they need. They're losing years of life because they just literally don't have decent wages. They don't have money. They don't have wealth. Okay. In other countries, it's like, you know, there are just some baselines that I just respect the fact that like, there's a, again, a shared value system of mm-hmm. people should be taking care of people to a certain extent. That's the whole freaking purpose of society in my mind. Right. So I don't understand us. I don't get why we have to see people suffering in order for us to feel good about our success. Sorry, the word success obviously triggered a lot for me. <laughs> I, have, I have this uh, fascination, maybe slight addiction to mm-hmm. uh, Instagram accounts that compare grocery store product mm. prices in the United States compared I, to European yep. countries. I and, see that too. <laughs> you know, it's I'm astounding. Like, <laughs> it is so astounding and the ingredients that are included and the stuff mm. that we in the United States put in food for preserving points that are just like you know let's just say I be- think there's enough Poison. science to say physiologically <laughs> damaging. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was trying to be I'll say uh, it. <laughs> diplomatic about it but you are correct you know it's like it is not just like healthcare as people think about it it is though Mm -hmm. we have not 
we have not created the lifestyle to allow people to survive in a way that is just like nourishing themselves in their souls yes, because yes. that is not something that is exalted or has not been exalted in the u.s i mean i remember so six-year-old yes. yeah i remember six-year-old me telling my parents uh why did you bring me to this country <laughs> <laughs> and credit i was you know way over, over what are you doing <laughs> yeah it's and like had... choices <laughs> Yeah, and, I love and it. It was probably because my younger brother was like, "You need to be more American and speak English." <laughs> just like, what? Who are you? No. And, but it's that like, it's the need for assimilation in America. It is the assumption that the American way mm-hmm. is the correct way and the only way, or yes. as you point out, that how we govern in our contract. I mean, I, as I understand philosophically, we all enter into these civilizations under our social contract. Yes. But in the United States, our social contract says, but mm, let's figure out how do we make this kind of a inverted triangle. So the people with the the fewest number of people have the greatest amount of wealth yeah. and the greatest access to stuff. And the greatest number of people get the least. It's like Yeah. Yeah, huh, and they what? they get they get the lie of the American dream. I mean, that's like, <laughs> and the manipulation of work or die. I mean, that's that's really like work yourself to death or die now. Like that, those are our choices. It's 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 twisted. Is all I'm gonna say. Uh, none of the above would be the answer to that question. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and 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 you know, taking it back to an uplifted version of this. Um, yes, I do think that you know, the biggest thing that is really holding us back is the lie, right? Like the the perception, the mindset that's been imposed on us. And the lucky thing for us is that we all have the power to change that. Even if we never move to any other place in the world, even if we, even if we work in the same job for the rest of our lives, like no matter what, like the one thing that we have power over is our mindset. And I think that is the most beautiful thing because it literally shifts your existence. It really does. Like even like again, even if you're even if nothing else changes circumstantially, like just changing your mindset actually changes the way that you perceive and enjoy life. Oh, isn't that just like the power that we hold in ourselves? Mm-hmm. So like it's like, wow, this is our escape. This is how we do it. This is our form of rebellion. Rebellion just by believing in ourselves. Like, wow. That's yeah. pretty amazing. And knowing that you're, you know, worthy of the life that you really want. And when I say want, I don't mean you want it because you're told you want it, but that you've explored, you know, inwardly and you understand what really brings you joy and you're pursuing it despite anybody else's script of who you should or should not be. Right? Like this movie is yours. <laughs> we don't need any suggested scripts. Like we are annoyed at people giving us their suggested scripts. We can reject them immediately without sight unseen type of situation. Like we don't need a director. We don't need a manager. We don't need extras in our life if we don't want them. <laughs> we yeah. can summon them if we choose. You know, we can, we can have the lives that we want to construct, but we have to trust that we have this power. And that's, that's really the thing is in my mind, so much of this is a manipulation, but the, the misleading information, the misinformation, the straight out lies, the grooming, all of this socialization in so many ways, in so many instances is truly a way to manipulate folks into forgetting and not acknowledging and never knowing their own true power. Yeah. And we have it. And we have mm-hmm. to use it. And we have to, whatever words you need to make it something that you want to do as often as you can and you feel strong enough to do, it is that, what was that, Matt, Matt, that Gladwell idea, like 10,000 attempts makes it, you know, a habit. Let's make it a habit mm. that we trust ourselves, that mm. we are smart, capable people who can take in information, process what we want, know what we like, know what we want for ourselves, and know that it is okay to be happy. It is okay to choose to be happy. It is okay to see the good in things. Mm 
and life is just not suffering. Yes, absolutely. Life is. <laughs> La vida es un carnaval is the thing that always sticks yes. out. <laughs> There's so many great examples in music, but I mean, it just it just shows that like what you're, you know, what you surround yourself with. When we talk about surrounding yourself with positive people, I mean, we've talked about it with social media, like curating your social media to be positive instead of negative and draining and life taking to be life giving. Same thing with music, same thing with movies. I mean, I, I've, I've started watching movies where I'm like, no, and I've never done that before. I've always like, if I'm watching a movie, like I already started it. <laughs> I'm watch it right. Isn't that empowering? <laughs> yes. Yes. You, I'm like, oh, I'm in control. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And so, you know, like you truly can curate your life. It's like a museum. And, you know, these beautiful walls, I mean, you only have so much space and you only have so much space in your mind. And so you, and, and in your life, and you have to choose, like, who are you letting in? You have a max capacity of however many people you can handle in your life. Maybe it's 100 people, or maybe it's 25, or maybe it's five, you know. But however many people fit in your gallery, like, these are the people that you allow. These are the thoughts that you allow. These are the influences you allow. I mean, it, it truly is. It's all yours. You can, you can do what you want. And the thing that makes me saddest is when people feel helpless, and they feel like they have to do things because somebody else. And it really kind of, I mean, it's so fast. I think this is why I studied psychology. It's just fascinating to me. Um, this is why I, I get so in, into these cult shows because I'm like, it is amazing to me that somebody convinced somebody else. <laughs> you do this to serve me. You know, like that is just fascinating to me. And especially when people are doing it, you know, not willingly, but like not under the coercion of like physical violence or, you know, things right. that are like obvious would be really hard to overcome. Um, not that psychological violence is not hard to overcome. It's just fascinating to me to see how people end up giving their power because the truth is, is like nobody takes your power. You, you have up. to give it. You have to give it up. But like, I think that's one of the scary things is when you're young, you don't know it. You don't know yeah. how much power you have. You don't know that you have choices. You don't know that you have literally all of the options in the world that you can do whatever you want to do or not do whatever you don't want to do. I mean, you just don't know that because you've been told all the way leading up to adulthood, like, this is what we do. This is what we don't do. This is how this should look. You know, I mean, you're just, you're literally, you're already, you're already socialized and groomed at that point. And so a lot of it is unlearning, right? Yes. Um and uh, and so what I would say, like, just thinking about our research conversation, too, is like, you know, just because people told you some stuff, um, it doesn't mean it's all bad. It doesn't mean it's all good. It doesn't mean it's all right or that it's all wrong. I think we should all have a healthy cynicism of probably some of the stuff is, is right and correct for me. And probably some yeah. of the stuff is not. And going into that in a healthy mindset of saying, like, I'm just going to actually do my research and using it as an experiment to say like here's my theory based on what I already know in the world and what I've been told and understand this is my theory let me go and test this theory let me go find other sources to influence my theory and then like literally you can choose for yourself that's the wonderful thing about life everyone has their own <laughs> and again they have yeah. the power to do what they want with it and I would like to clarify that this advice could come from people that you love. It could come from oh, people yeah. that you trust. Often it could does. come from people who have a lot of information, but it doesn't mean it's right for you. It's there. Exactly. And, you exactly. Are and it might have been right for and them. You are lovely. Yeah. yeah. And it could have worked out lovely for them. Yep. But you are you. You are unique. You need different things. You need what you need, not what anyone else is telling you you need, not what society is telling you you need. And you can do it. Like, I... When I was studying for the bar in San Francisco, the best, I guess they were lecturer who was at the bar review mm. said these words, don't freak out, you can do it. Like you <laughs> have the base knowledge, you can do it. I think it's like a great life lesson, right? Like you can do it. You know what is right. You know what is wrong. You know well, how you want to be treated. You know what you like. Just listen to yourself and trust yourself and know that you are doing what you need to do and if you don't think you are doing what you need to do you know research yourself too right like check it out because my guess is you probably are doing quite a bit and you're probably doing a lot and you just need to trust yourself that you're doing it 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're here to trust you. If nobody else is there to support you and uplift you and trust you, count on us. 100%. 100%. And thank you for always being that person for me, Tessa. If y'all don't have a Tessa in your life, tune in as often as you can until you find one. <laughs> and we'll and keep we bringing are... you all the uplift we can. <laughs> Yes, we will. We will not stop because this is our, you know, rebellion of, I don't know, the individual of kindness, of trusting in ourselves, of just making the world a better place for ourselves and the people who come after us. Absolutely. Thank you, Tessa, for this wonderful conversation. As always, I'm feeling so much better about my Sunday, and I hope <laughs> y'all are too. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Stay uplifted.